Thank you for this day, for this beautiful day, for this opportunity that we are here together again in this place to worship you. We pray today, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds so that we could focus on the word and receive your message. In Jesus' name, amen. Please greet one another.
time. Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the minister here. We're so grateful that you're here. If you're a visitor today, we want to make sure that you know we've got um, coffee and snacks in the back, and we have restrooms here. Uh, we have security check-in station in the back for children uh, elementary and below. And um, everything that we do will be on our screen today. However, the screen's flashing a little bit today, and we can't solve why. Uh, it could be that the lamp is got some sort of conflict or the connection's got some sort of conflict. This is a true story. I said to Greg this morning, hey, will you look at this? And he looked at the screen and it stopped flashing. That's real. Of all the cool things I've seen Greg do in 18 months, he just went like this. And the screen stopped flashing. Um, so we'll see if that holds up. A um, couple things. Uh, we talk about radical hospitality here. Uh, ways in which we are striving. We don't always get it right, but we're striving uh, to offer a welcoming atmosphere. Uh, about that, I want to tell you about our week, uh, bi-weekly email, unless that means every two weeks. We send it twice a week, on Tuesday and Thursday. It's got all kinds of helpful information about things that are coming, and it also makes announcements about funerals that are upcoming as well. If you are saying, what email is that? Um, we need to do one of a couple things. We need to get your email. You can write it in the attendance register. If you write your email, we'll know that you want to be um, attached to it. Uh, it could be that it's going to your spam folder because it's coming from uh, constant contact and it thinks it's the enemy. Uh, you want to look at that. If you want any help with that, we'll be glad to um, help you get that email because it's valuable information uh, as we go throughout the week and for Sunday. Uh, also, uh, starting uh, the first Sunday in April, uh, we'll have a uh, um, Welcome to Memorial class. It'll give you an opportunity to join the church. If you've expressed interest in joining, uh, you want to come on the first Sunday in April. Uh, we're going to do a uh, meeting style similar to what we've done in confirmation because it's similar concepts. What does Memorial believe? What does the United Methodist Church believe? What are we trying to do? What are our hopes and dreams? What are your hopes and dreams in joining our service? Uh, so we want you, um, if you're interested in joining our church, uh, plan to come on Sundays at 10 o'clock. Uh, it's during the Sunday school hour um, so that we can uh, greet one another. Um, passionate worship. Um, we, unfortunately, uh, Bill Davis passed over the weekend. Uh, he's been sick for some time. And um, this is not absolutely in, in stone, uh, but 95% sure it will be Sunday afternoon between 2 and 4 p.m. Uh, in the sanctuary. I have a confirmation retreat next weekend. I'll be gone, so um, we needed to wait until I was back Sunday afternoon. Uh, so uh, Sunday afternoon from two, between 2 and 4 p.m. will be the service for Bill Davis. Um, we had a tremendous memorial service yesterday. And the people that shared about that individual um, were some of the coolest things, some of the most diverse things I've ever heard shared about a person. The last of which was a student that this person taught who said, I wouldn't be anywhere close to what I would be without this person. And I will live the rest of my life trying to um, make them happy with my actions and my words. And I thought, it, number one, it lifted us all up. But number two, it made me think, I want you all, all to um, make a promise uh, with me. Reach out to somebody this week that is still with us. And tell them a thing that you would say about them, were they not, to a congregation. Reach out to a person that, you, that means so much to you, that's done something special for you this week, no matter who, no matter which area, 
And just tell them something about that you might say, that friendly thing. Not like, you know, if you died, I would say this about you. That might, that, they might think that was weird. I just wanted to let you know this is something that I love that you do, and thank you. If, uh, I, I'm assuming we can have a pretty serious impact this week on, on people if you're willing to do that. Um, uh, let's talk about risk-taking mission and service. Um, the craft fair is on Saturday. It takes over this entire gym, and it's uh, uh, all sorts of people with um, all sorts of crafts um, who will be, uh, uh, I think this is the fifth time that we've done it, maybe the fourth time. Uh, we're going to be the home of the craft fair, and it benefits Greer Relief entirely. Um, all of those entities pay a um, buy-in to, to participate and then give us a cut of what they make. Um, so I want you to come and support that and uh, um, support all of the efforts that we have for Greer Relief. Um, also, uh, Carol Johnston in the traditional service is considering having a chili cook-off. And if you are interested in cooking chili or being a judge for chili, uh, make sure that you let us know that so we can um, build that list and um, let her know that. Um, I believe that's all of our announcements uh, for this morning. So um, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us this morning, for the opportunity to pray together, for the opportunity to set the world outside, outside, so that we can focus upon your word for this day. As we go into the season of Lent, as we become fully aware of the ways in which we separate ourselves from you and hopefully aware of the way that you constantly pursue us. Help us, Lord, to respond. As we read Psalms throughout this season and we hear celebration and we hear brokenness and we hear apathy, we hear pain, help us, Lord, to make it those stories our own. Inspire us this morning, Lord. Lead us with the prayer you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I want to give you an opportunity to participate in the prayer life of the church that happens on Tuesday mornings. We have a group that um, reached out to First Pres last week after a um, uh, really uh, serious uh, list of services for, uh, that had great pain and loss and reached out to them and just said, we know you're doing good work. We're thinking about you. We're praying for you. If you have a prayer concern that you'd like to share with our Tuesday prayer group, if you'd raise your hand, an usher will bring you one, and it will be shared um, with that group if you'll simply print legibly and then put it in the offering plate as it comes by later. So we're going to look at Psalm 32 today, but we're starting off with a quote, and it's from Beth Tanner. She's a professor of Old Testament studies. Forgiveness may be the greatest power in our lives. Without it, all the relationships on which we depend would be lost. Its repetitive narrative rolls through the stories of the Old Testament. We humans are remarkably consistent 
and thankfully so is God. While we all know the importance of this forgiveness, we rarely take time to celebrate it. This is the Sunday to do so. So let's look at your first point. The greatest power. Would you rank that as the greatest power? Forgiveness, the greatest thing that could possibly happen in our community, in your office, in your family, in your small groups, on the road, in the hospital, wherever you may be, when you feel that there's been an injustice or you feel that um, you uh, mistreated another person and feel that weight and that pain on yourself, you realize the extreme power of forgiveness. Every relationship depends on it, she says. And it might be little things that you need to forgive. It might be monster things that you need to forgive. I tell couples in premarital counseling, it's not usually the monsters. Usually we draw together in the monsters. It's the little stuff like, can you not, can you not leave that cup on that table? Can you not figure that I'm going to take the bowl from the den to the dishwasher? Can you not pull in the way that you pull into the garage in a way that I can't get into the garage? Can you not walk past the trash when it's clearly a little above the trash and wonder if anybody should take that out? Don't wonder. It's not that stuff. Just go ahead and do it. Relationship depends on it. Uh, relationships depend on it. And uh, I love the phrase, humans are remarkably consistent. You know how much I can get you to change your behavior? couple of percentage points because there's so much stuff that comes from your upbringing. There's so much stuff that comes from your belief system. And I can have a little bit of impact. I can have a little bit of impact on myself. Y'all can have a little bit of impact on me. But we're remarkably consistent in what we do and what we say. And finally, thankfully, so is God. Merciful. God is consistently forgiving for our actions and our words. So with that in mind, let's look at our text, chapter 32, verse 1. The one whose wrongdoing is forgiven, whose sin is covered over, is truly happy. The one the Lord doesn't consider guilty, in whose spirit there's no dishonesty, that one is truly happy. When I keep quiet, my bones wore out. I was groaning all day long, every day and every night, because your hand was heavy upon me. My energy was sapped as if in a summer drought. Selah. So when I read this to kids, or I read this to youth, or I read this to adults, I say, is this person happy, sad, angry, indifferent? And generally speaking, there's at least two emotions going on does have gratitude, but it also describes times in which he was deeply sad and in pain and quiet about it. So your phrase from that is sapped energy. Is your energy level ever impacted by someone being upset with you? Entirely. Is your energy level ever impacted by you being upset with someone? Most assuredly, a neighbor, co-worker or boss, a relative, when you are upset with someone and there's even the inkling that you might have to interact with them, your ability to process and to think and to move on and to do what you need to do falls. 
if you haven't forgiven them, if you haven't been forgiven? Is your energy level ever impacted by wanting to avoid someone being upset, by doing everything necessary to get around the news that that person would have that you know would upset them? When I was 16, 17, I knew I could, dri- I could drive. I was leaving for a trip. It was a really important trip. We had to leave really early. I probably had to leave my house at 6 o'clock. I was driving myself. I was running around. I put something in the front seat, put something in the back seat, put something in the trunk, shut it all. Keys are in the trunk. There's no second string. There's no other set of keys. And the keys are in the trunk. And the doors are locked. Why are the doors locked? Why did I lock the doors? Why would I set my keys down in the trunk? You're going too fast and the brain can't keep up. And I think to myself, if I just ran away, this might be a solid option. I look and paw and look and paw and maybe there's a button and maybe, no. So I had to walk back in my house and um, I'm, now that I think about it uh, with my girls, I'm, I might be intimidating based on my size and, and look on occasion. I go back into this house and I say, I locked, I locked my keys in the car. And my dad's generally laid back unless he's not. <laughs> Same as me. Uh, is that fair? Same as me? Yeah. Took a hammer out there and smashed my window. He didn't. I had to. Because I had to go. Um, if you ever have to do that, don't smash the driver's side front window. <laughs> Just fun fact. That's a pro tip. Smash something you're not normally doing. You're using. But the pain, I wasted a good 10, 12 minutes not wanting to go in and say that I locked the door, locked my keys in the car. Um, So sapped energy uh, impacts us when we're 7, 14, 21, 35, 42, 58, 65, 85, when you fear that someone might be upset with you or you're upset with another person. Verse 5. So I admitted my sin to you. I didn't conceal my guilt. I confess my sins to the Lord, is what I said. Then you removed the guilt of me of my sin, Selah. I've heard different interpretations of the word Salah. You'll find it in, him, in um, Psalms all the time. Uh, I've heard it as Amen. Uh, it's, it, you, know, you go like this, Amen? amen. There you go. Yeah. I don't do that very often, but maybe I'll do that during Psalm season. That's why all the faithful should pray to you during troubled times, so that a great flood of water won't reach them. You are my secret hideout. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of rescue. Selah. So your next phrase is, admit to the only one who can remove the guilt. The only one. Can't remove it from ourselves. We struggle to remove it when it's someone that's done something to us. Admit that you are angry with your God. Admit that you are broken with your God. Admit that you've made a mistake with your God. Because the running doesn't do any good. 
it saps every bit of energy that you have. So he's saying, I won't wonder if you know me. I won't wonder if you know this. I won't wonder if you will forgive because all those things will cause me to run. I'll humble myself and I'll offer my weakness to you. I'll humble myself and offer forgiveness to another person. That takes humility too because it shows that I'm not the most important thing that could possibly happen in the sphere of your universe. And when I'm upset with you, that's it. I'm going to humble myself and offer my weakness to you. I'm going to humble myself and offer forgiveness to others. Verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you about the direction you should go. I'll advise you and keep my eye on you. Don't be like some senseless horse or mule whose movement must be controlled with a bit and a bridle. Don't be anything like that. The pain of the wicked is severe, but faithful love surrounds the one who trusts the Lord. You who are righteous, rejoice in the Lord and be glad. All you whose hearts are right, sing out in joy. There's a parable in which a man owes more money than he could possibly pay back. And I always think about his posture when he goes into the man who called in all the debts. You know, if, if, if the bank called today and said, got to have your mortgage today, Monday morning, 5 o'clock. <laughs> he goes into that building, and I picture his posture like this. And he says, I, he says what we would say, which is not even possible. I'll pay you back everything. Don't even worry about it. And the guy who, who is the one owed forgives that debt. And imagine his posture going from, you know, from here, walking into the building, to, hmm, wow, I could probably go get lunch out today. I probably could go get something that I've been meaning to get. And then he sees a friend. And that friend knows him a little bit. And what does he do to that friend? Chokes him out. And says, pay me my money. Because he's got a little swagger. Because he doesn't know anything. The most horrific human response to grace and to mercy. So if we feel that we owe God, if we feel that we've fallen short, then we want to make sure that other people have fallen short a little bit more than we have so we're okay. If we feel forgiven by God in a way that we never deserved, we're far more likely to offer that same forgiveness. We're far less likely to run. So here's your last phrase, and it might be my favorite phrase in all of 18 months of being with you. <laughs> Elevate yourself above a senseless horse or mule. Can we do that? Is, that? is that too much to ask? Are we capable of elevating ourselves above a senseless horse or mule? Now, there haven't been many churches where I've actually been able to be around animals bigger than a dog. But here I've been in several instances in which I saw an animal that, you know, had some size on me. And when they fight, when they do what they want to do, even my little 12-pound dog wants to do what he wants to do. We're better than that. We're better than being stubborn with our God who is calling us home. So in this season of Lent, recognize the ways in which you'd like to be forgiven. And you might not be able to be forgiven from that other human being, but you can offer it to God. 
recognize the ways in which you're holding a grudge. Now you're in charge of that one, letting that one go. But if at first you need to give it to God, if at first you need to offer it, so be it. But understand that God will forgive us. Understand that we've got an opportunity to serve. Understand that we need to hum uh, humble ourselves and offer our weakness. And understand that we need to humble ourselves and offer our forgiveness. If we're doing all those things throughout this season, we're drawing closer. We can better understand Christ crucified in Jerusalem for our sins, regardless of what we had done. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand and join me in our modern affirmation. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all His works, and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. I'd like you to remain standing for our opening part of the communion liturgy. Couldn't be more appropriate, given the text that we just read and the season that we're in. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Corporate confession means we're all in this together. It means that we all recognize that we have a higher calling than we've achieved, and that even in our failure, we're reaching out in prayer to God to call us home. Now hear the confession. I'm sorry, the pardon. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. If you'll turn to one another, say peace be with you and be seated. It's now time for our offering, and if you would like to give online or text to give, uh, you'll see instructions in your bulletin.
To me, the simpler thing, the thing, the better. If you can offer excellence in a very simple way, if you can offer very meaningful things in a very simple way, that's my favorite thing. Jesus used very simple elements with very simple people to establish a critically important concept that would be shared throughout all of Christianity. At a meal in which we would all have with elements that we would all have, Jesus gave the foundational point to his disciples. At the dinner, he took bread. He broke it. He gave it to his disciples and he said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. And forevermore do this in remembrance of me. After the dinner, he took the cup, gave thanks to God, gave it to his disciples and said, Take and drink. This is my blood of the new covenant of your new purpose, of the new opportunity that's before us, even in the midst of all that's swirling around us. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. In the United Methodist Church, all who want to come forward are welcome to do so. We serve buying tinction, which means that we have a piece of bread, we give it to you, um, don't eat it right then. Um, you dip it into the cup, and then you um, eat it, and you return to your seat. I'm always grateful for the people that sit in the bleachers that give us more seating in our capacity. So we're going to go bleacher people first today. How about that? Um, I want you all to come down the middle, okay? And then you can return there. Um, so um, uh, children are welcome to have it. Anyone is welcome to have it uh, as, if you come forward. Um, you'll be offered bread, you dip it into the juice, and then eat it and return to your seat. We'll come by the middle and return by the outside. We also have gluten-free elements, if you require that, and we have them uh, right here. Just take that as you're um, coming in. Uh, so bleacher folks, if y'all will come first.
Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for drawing us to your table. We thank you for offering us forgiveness. We ask that you help us to remember that every table from now until next Sunday will be an opportunity to offer that same grace and forgiveness and love. Help us to extend your table far beyond this gym and out into your community. In your son's name we pray. Amen. If you'll stand for our final song. They get said as well. We have a Sunday school class in here the next two weeks, so we won't take these three rows. These three rows will stay. And also, um, the confirmation class is wrapping up, and part of what they're going to do is interview people, hard-hitting questions for um, people who have been here their entire lives, people who are fairly new year here, which is um, 18 years and under, and your time at Memorial, no, uh, in the last uh, two years. Uh, they're going to interview retired clergy, and um, uh, they're going to interview our staff. They've got questions that they're going to ask you to better understand our church. Uh, so be on the lookout for those uh, phone calls.
Go forth in peace in the knowledge of your forgiveness and the opportunity to forgive others. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.